Hello there. Welcome to the BL Portfolio Podcast coming from Business Lines in-house research team. At BL Research Bureau, we slice and dice stocks, mutual funds, insurance and other financial products as well as give you sound ideas to manage your money. I am Kumar Shankar Roy, Senior Assistant Editor. If you have been following markets and I'm talking about equity markets here, there has been a great rally for quite a bit of time and then in the past few months from October onwards for Indian markets especially, we've had a lot of volatility and the experience of great returns are not being repeated right now. Markets are on a kind of a downhill. There are a lot of things happening. And what has happened also is that Indian investors have got, they've got this literature, there's a lot of writing, there's a lot of propagation around there of investing in US market. And people have tried to diversify away from their home country. And of course, US stocks or equity market is like the temple of everything, right? And innovation, great earnings, absolutely great regulation there. And people have just got clued into FANG stocks, stuff like that. But what has happened in the last few months is that markets have experienced heightened volatility, right? And investors have tried to assess a mix of variables that has overall clouded their outlook. And there are many fears floating around. Just today in corporate news, Tesla shares fell after there were reports that Elon Musk is kind of looking to cut staff at the electric car maker. And there are a lot of things happening. That day we saw Netflix falling by quite a bit. And every day there's something happening in US markets that also causing volatility on Indian markets and global markets as well. To speak on US markets as an asset class and as an avenue for investors, we have with us Hari Vishwanath, Chief Research Analyst. Hi, Hari. Hi, Kumar. Hari, you had this great privilege of interviewing Jeremy Grantham uh, just a few days ago. And yes. we've all read about it. BL Portfolio, it was an exclusive interview. Something he said was very interesting. He was talking about the golden era yes. of uh, markets being over, right? Yes. So what is this golden era, number one? And number two, what does he mean by saying golden era is over? Yes. So Jeremy, as we all know, is an investing legend. Mm. He's a veteran with over five decades of experience in the market. Yeah, he's just up there. Right? Up there, exactly. Up there. And of course, we all know how he's called out every bubble ahead mm. of time. Yeah. And uh, so he has that record. No mean feat. Yes. Exactly, exactly. And he has this record where he sticks to his guns, even if it means taking a hit in his fund, mm-hmm. facing redemption pressures, mm-hmm. etc., which is what he had to endure mm. during the market bull run of from 1997 till the burst of the dot-com bubble. Okay. His clients started redeeming because they thought he was deliberately not going for these stocks which were giving good returns. Mm-hmm. But he was certain there will be mean reversion and uh, that there will be a collapse. Things will play out the way yes. he envisioned. So, but people who stuck with him significantly outperformed. Mm. People who didn't trust him and redeemed, they got their portfolios massacred. So when he says that golden era is over, we should take him very seriously. 100%, 100%. See, Jeremy was categorical in his view. He was saying that we may look back at the first 20 years of the century as the golden era. Mm. To me, it sounded like markets looking back and singing, those were the best days of my life, mm. like Brian Adams does in yes, summer of 69. Correct, right? Correct. So the reasons he says is that the first 20 years had almost everything perfectly aligning for 
markets to do well okay all right low interest rates yes and uh, prior to that post the collapse of the soviet union globalization saw a big thrust actually mm-hmm. so the american companies from uh, started gaining more traction globally so uh, these two factors were uh, perfectly mm-hmm. aligned mm-hmm. and then the other thing is there is always a high risk taking uh, spirit in the us yes. so the confluence of risk taking easy money mm-hmm. capturing global opportunities created a global era hmm. these innovative companies brought in more efficiencies into the way economies function okay. and that also helped to keep inflation low for a long period of time okay uh, now he says inflation is back hmm. even if it goes it won't be like the last 20 years hmm. it's always going to be part of the conversation is what he is saying mm. and uh, when interest rates we have seen a decade of ultra low interest rates quantitative easing mm. and when that tight turns mm. it is going to impact equity returns mm. and then on top of that you now also have geopolitical tensions yes the things are change permanently war, exactly oil prices on oil all the time yes so that companies and countries are always trying to do multi sourcing mm. and near shoring mm. they're going to significantly reduce dependence on few geographies mm-hmm. uh, these will all have inflationary impacts right okay see if you actually go back to the first decade mm. of the century big driver of the 2003 to 7 bull market was mm. china was exporting deflation Okay. China became the global manufacturing powerhouse. Yes. So the rest, like especially the US became a huge importer of many things manufactured in China. China. Correct. And this helped keep inflation low. The Chinese were keeping it manufacturing at lower cost, mm. and this ensured the rest of the world had lower inflation. Yes. That made a very smooth uh, smooth run uh, for global economy from 2003 to seven. Mm. Mm. So globalization. largely has a deflationary impact now with uh, uh, to some extent globalization taking a hit due to the geopolitical mm, mm. factors and uh, you we are going to see inflation again of course inflation was already a problem even before russia ukraine uh, because of excessive money printing uh, by central banks mm. and now you have geopolitical uh, factors so it and maybe we may have squeezed out the benefits of innovation that played out in the first two decades okay. so in this view all these factors aligning so the alignment right now is just off little bit yes right? off little bit basically factors that can cause inflation to remain for a while okay interest rates to stay high etc are aligning now and these so. are going to be in short bad for equity market yes uh, see high I mean, indian investors don't know that they <laughs> are thinking that in us equity markets mm. if markets are not performing well in india mm. they are kind of thinking that uh, us equity markets is where they can probably make up for mm. some bit of that loss that they've already faced here right mm. yeah so and markets have fallen right nasdaq yes. dow jones you track them on a daily basis yeah. and you look at them and you've seen how they've fallen yeah. from peaks right they mean sharper fall somewhere you talk about stocks which have fallen 90% from their peak right yes so at Snapchat that point in time right zoom have all fallen a lot yeah right these are big brands and big businesses yeah and when it falls and what happens is the typical mentality of when stocks fall by that amount yeah and such a short period of time mm. there is this inherent desire you can call it greed to get into that position right yes. so should that be the approach of people because here this this entire uh, philosophy of market seems to be at least from one side is that buy low sell high and when markets really fall you should really grab at them and 
take those positions yeah should that be the approach where for no. indian investors who not at all not at all see what one has to realize is the us markets are seeing a kind of volatility they may not have seen even in 2008 okay. recently okay. reading an article where one of uh, blackrocks manager who's a veteran for the last 40 years mm. he's been saying that his stomach is churning every day okay uh, basically he was a fund manager during 2008 also mm. and but he's saying this is worse Okay. Uh, the kind of uh, bloodbath that some of the US stocks have seen, just because they have fallen, doesn't mean there is an opportunity, hmm. right? High interest rates make many things unviable. Okay. A lot of businesses were built on ultra low interest rates. Hmm. Some were built for multiple scenarios, the good high quality ones. Hmm. So maybe those stocks fall, you should go for it. Hmm. But then you have to be choosy. You have to select which stocks can withstand high interest rates. the other thing that people need to keep in mind is that the, this time there is no fed backstop hmm. right since 2007 to 2008 every single uh, let's say uh, every single pressures the market has faced hmm. the fed has come in the fed was the shock absorber hmm. for any shocks in the system okay yeah correct all correct, right correct. so kept uh, on helping people out yes. right so investors were spared the shock hmm. now the shock absorber is not there hmm. so you hit a, you you driving a car you hit a speed bump hmm. the federal reserve your shock absorber is not there hmm. you're going to take the hit and on top of that what is happening now is that uh, the fed is wants you to slam the brakes they want you to slow down the curve hmm. the purpose of fed rising interest rates is they want to slow down the economy hmm. let's be crystal clear about that hmm. they do, they don't want the economy to keep growing the way it is now hmm. because the way it is growing right now it means inflation will only continue to be become a bigger threat hmm. the fed wants the economy to slow all right hmm. so it's like for example your your parents telling you eat less now hmm. you've already eaten a lot eat less now all hmm. right hmm. so the fed wants the economy to slow so they want the brakes to be slammed hmm. on top of that they are not just stopping with that they are actually now uh, pulling the handbrakes also hmm. so starting june 1 hmm. they launched this program of quantitative tightening okay which is basically the bonds that they have been buying over so the, the reverse of the reverse easing. of quantitative easing okay all right so it's going to be a roughly 65 billion of unwinding of purchases so basically they bought bonds hmm. the system got flooded with liquidity hmm. and that money went into equities or the other Different investing cases, avenues yes. etc yes. or other investment mm-hmm. options mm-hmm. now they're doing the reverse okay they're sucking liquidity out of the system they're going to scale it up to over 90 billion uh, in 3 months mm. so do you understand look at it this way mm. you don't have a shock absorber mm. the brakes are getting slammed mm. and the handbrakes are also getting pulled mm. right so this is completely different than what any of us have faced in the last 20 years i think that has to be appreciated by investors because yes covid fall what happened was there was this uh, factor called covid which united the world and yeah. it happened and so there was this sharp fall yeah. and also we saw a very swift recovery right yes so i think that thing has to be appreciated by investors this time this is not like a covid thing that yes. a vaccine is going to put everything yes right this is completely different you're not uh, most probably hmm. uh, as the, even jeremy was saying in his interview with me nothing is certain in life hmm. so you can't say for anything with certainty but very very high probability this time it's going to be a long drawn up so if this uh, three forces are acting together in yeah. markets right now hmm. in at least us markets hmm. where uh, indian investors have increasingly looked at it yeah. as an avenue mm. and where the fed wants things to be 
school of mm-hmm. they want everything in their power to slow it down yeah so does it also you know kind of increase the chance of growth actually slowing down so much yes. that there could be recession oh, a high probability uh, according to many economists mm. what many economists those who got the earlier inflation calls right mm. right mm. like mohammed elarian former you interviewed him as well yes exactly yes. former ceo of pimco mm. he told last year in june july mm. that he is very confident inflation is not going to be transitory okay when uh, many were saying mm. so there were people who were calling this out okay mm. and uh, he has highlighted recently that soft landing is very very difficult mm. uh, you just can't uh, when you're uh, actually deploying these kind of forces to slow the economy mm. soft landing is difficult the probability of a recession is higher the mm. of soft landing is very minuscule uh, if you go back in time actually okay. it appears only in the 90s once the fed was able to engineer a soft landing hmm. so they don't have a good track record of uh, soft landing but uh, t- tell me this hmm. and uh, to our uh, readers as well as uh, the people who are listening to this podcast hmm. that when you i mean this argument is there i was speaking to some fund manager that day hmm. a local fund manager he hmm. says that inflation this time is because people are consuming things are growing going great hmm. at the ground level mm. this is not an inflation where suddenly something has just gone up and going out of control mm. this real activity is there on the ground mm. is that is that not going to lead to i mean uh, softer landing because people say that on ground things are not uh, so bad i mean obviously people there are jobs being i think there's some report uh, i read today that us uh, labor data some job report came in mm. it was quite strong yeah so you s- seem to suggest that all this will be slowed down mm. and then it will tip over and go to this negative growth scenario yes yes the probability is very high based on history that it uh, recession uh, it may g- get into a recession it's not certain mm. the probability is high because see you are actually acting to slow down the economy see look at the kind of rate hikes when did you when did you have consecutive 50 basis point uh, rate hikes right mm. i mean of course we've had only one 50 basis point rate hike mm. but the indications are clear it's going to be multiple 50 basis point rate hikes when was the last time it happened right yes see the system may not be able to take this mm. a system that is that has been conditioned to low interest rates for a long period for a long period of time this leverage has mm. gone up substantially in the system mm. the higher the leverage lower interest rate hikes you can take because then even a small increase in it interest hits you that much hits you exactly exactly so you have to look at it that way so uh, you can see there could be a lot of activity going on in the ground hmm. but at the, at the end of the day how was 2007 different right hmm. i mean the economy was booming in hmm. 2007 so uh, low interest rates and the reversal of low interest rates is the problem and which i think equity markets cannot digest see, yes, right? see inflation is the biggest problem okay right? inflation is the biggest problem milton friedman has a nice video on youtube where he clearly elaborates how inflation is always a monetary phenomenon okay when you have printed so much of money hmm. it is only logical inflation is going to come and come back to bite you at some point in time the fed doubled its balance sheet in 2 years hmm. so uh, some are critical that they went overboot Okay. Nobody disagrees that the initial response wasn't required. Everybody believes the initial quantitative easing in March 2020 was required. The debate is whether they should have gone on with it in June 2021, not mm. 2020. Because one year after that, mm. uh, one year after one year of quantitative easing from March to 
March 2022, March of 2021, hmm. the economy seemed to have globally, uh, uh, despite COVID still being an issue, globally its economy seemed to have started finding its feet and uh, things seemed to be picking up. And uh, so flood the system with so much of money, hmm. ultimately inflation is going to follow, right? I mean, so... And that's what is happening right that's now. That's what is happening. In that construct of hmm. the, the eventuality and the high probability outcome hmm. of possible recession or slowing down of growth, hmm. how does an Indian investor who actually has built a small position in US market hmm. look at it? I mean, because their pockets are value, obviously, yes. there's potential reward in the markets, as we say, yes. if there's some amount of risk. But how should investors approach if they have, for example, hundred dollars today with them? Mm. How should they deploy it, and where they should deploy it? Uh, yes. See, the uh, let me put it this way: uh, the probability is higher that we may still be in the first half of the correction. Okay. All right. So basically, the correction that is left might be bigger than what we what the U.S. markets have faced over. It's a high probability simply because when interest rates go up like this. First, that itself is negative for equity, equity valuation markets. because uh, earlier you had discounted with ultra low interest rates. Now, mm. interest rates are going up. You have to, the discounting uh, rate is much higher. Okay. Uh, and then borrowing is going to get more expensive, which in itself can impact corporate earnings. And then on top of that, you may have a recession. Mm. Recessions usually come with, uh, not usually, always come with uh, negative earnings, uh, degrowth in earnings, mm. uh, except for the COVID year where within a year the earnings recovered after one year dip. It takes two years to go back to your pre-recession earnings. Okay. Already if you look at S&P and Dow Jones between 2007 to 10, the 2007 earnings after the correction, after a decline in 2008 uh, and then some recovery in 2009, the, the index earnings reached their 2007 level only in 2009, 10. Okay, it right. takes uh, two, two years. years. It takes two years. Same thing happened during the dot-com crash also. So usually, uh, if a recession comes, you're going to see your recent year earnings, uh, let's say for, I'm just hypothetically saying, let's say recession comes next year, right? Your 2022 earnings, you're again going to recover to it after a dip next year, hmm. uh, only in 2024 or 2025. Okay. All right. Which means market should be at or below current levels in 2024, 2025. Correct, correct. So it depends on whether the recession happens. One just cannot dismiss it. So one should wait for that thing to uh, play no, out. Uh, or how see, no, the thing is, but even there will always be opportunities, right? Like see, for example, Buffett in uh, uh, September, October 2008 bought stakes in Goldman Sachs, right? I True. mean, that was the peak of the recession. So timing the exact bottom is difficult. Hmm. You can always look around for high quality stocks. At the same time, go slow. Hmm. If you have 100, don't put in 50 today. Okay. All right. Try. If you have 100 to invest, have a plan to invest it over the next two years. Okay. So if you want to invest over the next two years, you know, you should not be deploying 40 or 50 today. Correct. Start investing with 5, 10. Yes. Take a break after a few months. Then again, see where the prices are. Hmm. Deploy another 10, 15. So have a plan. Distribute your money that you can allocate over the next two years. But we start slowly now, mm. but uh, you should reserve more for investing late at a later stage mm. right now. And uh, more importantly, you have to be choose the right stocks. A stock that has fallen 90% may not recover at all. Mm. So you have to go for the good stock. For example, at BL Portfolio, we are positive on stocks like Meta Platforms, Facebook. Mm. It's a deep value stock. 
it's a it, it is a growth stock but trading like a value stock at just a pe of 14 times hmm. it's a cash it's a cash printing machine they have high cash flows year after year hmm. and uh, they have a pretty strong balance sheet with net cash uh, uh, position and trading cheap hmm. their core business is still very good hmm. recently there was a report that uh, usage metrics have only increased for facebook's core platforms hmm. so some people say no uh, their growth is tempering of course anything by the law of uh, size anything high growth will will self destruct true the larger you get the growth will get smaller hmm. but facebook is still a growth stock hmm. all right and you getting at a pretty attractive price what about the other fang stocks uh, what about them because netflix see... looks okay now it's hmm. not absolutely risk free hmm. the risk is there but at the end of the day market is all about risk versus reward yes correct if you want certainty then you should just invest in fixed deposits or like right. clint eastwood's movie he directed hmm. it's uh, is a get a toaster if you want a guarantee guarantee so basically you have to play the game uh, where risk reward is favorable uh, you start taking position apple what about apple apple i think is uh, pretty expensive hmm. uh, it hasn't corrected much uh, as of now if you actually see hmm. uh, the stock has corrected only uh, around 18% from its peak okay apple is a low growth stock now hmm. right it's not a high growth stock hmm. but it's trading at uh, near 30 p multiples and all that pretty expensive hmm. apple has a correction due netflix looks okay hmm. alphabet maybe a little bit more correction like another 10% hmm. it can get interesting there are many other stocks paypal is still at the fintech giant okay hmm. dominant in dominant fintech giant it's going to remain a key player in uh, e-commerce transactions hmm. global money transfers etc uh, the stock has corrected a lot trading at reasonable valuations of around forward pe of around 21 times which is reasonable for a fintech giant actually mm-hmm. paypal looks uh, interesting we have few other stocks like uh, disney looks good now mm. disney is uh, of course disney is not a high growth stock mm. but it's a media conglomerate uh, with diversified business with television film production yes team parks mm. if you actually see uh, disney is kind of from 2007 levels it just given a little bit more than 100% returns in the last mm-hmm. 15 years for a stock of its caliber it can give more actually mm. so so if you are a long term investor on correction disney can be bought okay. so uh, have a plan if you have 100 choose these stocks wisely mm. distribute your don't income. allocate everything at yes. one go yes don't just have because just because if something has years. fallen do, uh, 80% or don't put in 100 today mm. because that 100 may become 50 mm. all right so have a plan to invest 10 15 every month etc something like that distributed if you put in too much over the next 7 8 months slow down take a break for 3 months mm. see at the end of the day it's a marathon mm. if you are long to a sprint in a marathon yes exactly if you are a long term investor mm. this correction will provide uh, opportunity like jeremy grantham has said that uh, you can't expect the kind of returns you got in the last 20 years mm. so how are you going to make up for that mm. you have to buy stocks cheaper yes correct you have to be patient and buy stocks uh, cheaper. cheaper now see the risk is maybe it may not come to your desired price and you may miss the opportunity mm. but that's okay right i mean at the end of the day it's about protecting your capital and growing it yes uh, so that's the way uh, it should be So the probability is high that correction will come. So wait for it. Good stocks keep dipping into it. That's all. So.
Okay, that, that's very interesting. Thank you, Hari, for sharing your views in sure. such a candid manner. And that's it from us this week. Stay tuned for further podcasts and actionable advice from us at BL Portfolio. Read us in print on Sundays and online at thehindubusinessline.com slash portfolio. Do share our podcasts in your circles if you find them useful. Thank you very much. Thank you.